Welcome to Insights and Indicators. I'm Jason Thomas, Carlisle's Head of Global Research and Investment Strategy. And in this podcast, I share our observations and opinions on the economic landscape, as well as insights from research being conducted by our team here at Carlisle. Today, we're discussing the outlook for Japan, and I'm joined by Kazuhiro Yamada, co-head of Carlisle Japan. This episode was recorded on July 10th, 2023, and the discussion reflects composite portfolio data and analysis of recent government reports that are accurate as of that date. Before we get to cause, just a brief word about what we've seen in the data over the past month. For the past 20 months, total business sales in the U.S. economy has been at or above levels consistent with pre-pandemic estimates of the economy's productive capacity. The economy continues to grow despite those constraints, thanks in large part to companies using the past 20 months to really backfill capacity so as to accommodate those higher spending levels. And that's occurred really most notably through the 7 million net increase in U.S. payrolls and the significant rebound in inventories over that period. But it's important to note that this really is a backfilling because this is really standing up capacity that clearly wasn't there at the end of 2021 when prices in our index of components, parts, and other intermediate goods was rising at about a 60% annual rate. But there really is still no spare capacity, and that's what has the Fed uncomfortable. So really after a quarter where we saw a lot of implicit easing due to concerns about regional banks, I think the data have pushed the Fed into the direction of really having to adopt a much more hawkish posture. But at the same time, I think the lessons of the last 20 months are that we shouldn't underestimate the potential for further disinflationary capacity builds. And as we saw most notably in the second quarter with a big surge in multifamily construction activity. But even if the Fed is pushed into a more hawkish direction, uh, one central bank that has not felt impelled to tighten policy in any way has been the Bank of Japan. So with that, I want to first welcome Yamada-san to the podcast and just start the conversation more generally. What are you seeing in Japan right now? What excites you? Jason, thank you for having me. I am Kazuyama, the co-head of Japan, and I'm quite excited at this uh, current phenomena. First is Japan PE market is uh, relatively small, but uh, roughly year one twentieth of uh, U.S. market. But finally, Japan PE market is opening. And uh, there's uh, three main reasons why. One is the uh, lots of uh, succession opportunity. Based on data, roughly uh, 1.5 million number of uh, succession company has facing a serious uh, succession issue and uh, actually no successor. And based on our data, 1% of those are going to be our target. It means the 15,000 company going to come to the PE market uh, for next uh, 10 years plus. The second is a corporate governance code. Japanese government uh, implemented a stewardship code and a corporate governance code in 2014 and 2015. After that, uh, Japan PE market want to be tripled. And uh, that kind of a pace or phenomena has been accelerated. So it uh, means the uh, Japanese CEO is more pressure from uh, outside global investor and also uh, activists. And also they have uh, 92% of uh, those listed companies has uh, more than one third of uh, independent board of directors. That means lots of rational discussion, how we can increase the shareholders' value and how we can increase the share price and how we can increase the income. As a result, uh, CEO need to consider to focus on the core business. 
and uh, just starting the spin-off and non-core business. Hitachi, Toshiba, Panasonic's, you see uh, some uh, several large deals, corporate spin-off deals, but uh, it's a tip of iceberg. So significant opportunity come from uh, corporate cover, particularly non-core business. To me, it seems like uh, early 80s. The third is uh, Tokyo Stock Exchange uh, recently make reform, particularly for uh, reviewing uh, status requirement for the listing status. And uh, that's uh, also uh, push a lot of uh, pressure on the CEO, particularly uh, 43% of Japanese uh, listed company traded at the below 1 PBR. It's quite undermanaged situation. Tokyo State Exchange required to uh, demonstrate or show the actual action plan to achieve uh, 1 PBR. And uh, that's uh, quite uh, another pressure to a CEO. Those are three combinations, the phenomena. So this is really relatively new. You have the stewardship code, the governance code that both took effect at the end of 2014, early 2015. Are you surprised by the pace of change with the corporate governance reforms? Or is this what you expected when Prime Minister Abe embarked on that third arrow, the structural reforms, the increasing in productivity of capital, increasing productivity of labor? How do you think the economy is doing today relative to where it set off again at the end of 2014, 2015? Yeah, current phenomena is, uh, honestly speaking, unexpected. It's a kind of a new initiative, and uh, most of the CEOs originally expected not considered to change their management style. But uh, after implementing stewardship code, corporate governance code, their attitude changed because of uh, lots of uh, pressure from outside and inside, uh, I call. So uh, their mindset is a uh, total change. Uh, before implementation code, risk money actually are uh, still provided by uh, banks, mega city banks. It's quite a different phenomena, you know, structure. U.S. other Western market is a risk money provided market, but Japan is a risk money provided in banks. So as you know, their expected return is quite low compared with the market. That's the reason why lots of unprofitable businesses are still alive. And uh, CEO does not need to uh, take an immediate action, the severe action to spin off a non-core business and set up the business. But now it's totally changed. It's a similar kind of a mindset of a Western CEO. And also current CEO has a great uh, experience with overseas business and also MBA holders. So that's created a significant phenomenon. Uh, and uh, they are now focused on the more core business and how we grow the overseas market. That has a new kind of phenomenon. And uh, definitely uh, still Japanese companies margin is a uh, Roughly 700-800 basis point low EBITDA compared with the Western companies, but now it's gradually catching up. You mentioned the low return expectations of the banking sector, the very low interest rate loans that have been charged in the past to many of these large businesses. So that does bring us to the BOJ and expectations for the exchange rate. Obviously, there was market expectations that Governor Ueda would scale back yield curve control you know, essentially allow longer term Japanese government bond yields to rise to levels that were more commensurate with the rise in bond yields in the rest of the world. That has not happened. The, the yen has suffered somewhat as a result going to, you know, 144, now, now 142. What's your outlook on the exchange rate and Bank of Japan policy? Yeah, just if I know, you know, I put the whole money to, into, uh, you know, Forex. But uh, majority of uh, consensus is uh, Mr. Weather, why will I continue to easing policy? 
and uh, maybe uh, keeping a current club control. But uh, different from uh, Mr. Kuroda is uh, he's academia and uh, he's uh, considered maybe a current uh, easing policy and zero interest policy is not uh, sustainable. I think uh, most of the uh, basic consensus is if there is any definite or more stable inflation is realized or seen in the market, he will not change the uh, easing monetary policy, but he will release maybe yield control policy. And that means the current long-term rate is going to be uh, under 50 basis point, but uh, maybe uh, possibly up to uh, 1% or a little bit less than 1%. That's a uh, market consensus. That means the uh, U.S. interest rate is uh, still one time, two time up, but they're going to be uh, close to the ceiling. And uh, Japanese interest rate is going to be up. And uh, as a result, interest spread is going to be squeezed. So it means the uh, maybe uh, yen going to be appreciated. I don't know what a currency rate is appropriate, but uh, many people say it's a dollar to uh, 120, 125 going to be a maybe a reasonable range for the long term. That's a current market consensus. Yeah, that's consistent with our views too. Something around 120, you know, over a three to five year window with, of course, a lot of uncertainty in the interim. Kaz, thank you so much for taking the time to join me and for a great conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. On behalf of the team here at Carlisle, Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us again for our next episode of Insights and Indicators.